I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We're back with more of the Scores Miller Lite Top Draft Show with Gabe Ramirez and Mark Grody live at Tavern on the Point, 6724 North Northwest Highway in Chicago. Brought to you by Miller Lite. It's Miller time. That's right. The brews are flowing over here at Tavern on the Point. Everybody's feeling good. The bar looks packed. We got some co-workers in the building. Shout out Adam Stadzinski, mm-hmm. who made a trip over here. It's like an easy date night for him. Got himself a beer out of our bucket. He's and, a lucky young man. That's <laughs> just so funny. Could you imagine? You're like, hey, babe, let's go out. For, let's go out tonight. And she, he didn't tell her that he was coming here, though. <laughs> oh, you're, she, she, you're, you're dirty sports radio fans. Yeah, friends she, are here. She again. walks in and she's like, "Aren't you tired of this place? Why are you here? What are you doing?" Oh my oh, no. god! And then he's like, "But babe, I got you a bucket of Miller Lite, so everything's all good. <laughs> everything's all good at the end of that." All right. Um, obviously, we're here uh, for the Miller Lite Top Job Show. Get to talk about. A little bit of Bears, and we get an opportunity to talk about the Bulls, too. Of course, yesterday, they defeated the Boston Celtics. And here to talk with us a little bit about that, joining us on the Circuit Resort Casino Hotline, Circuit Resort Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. We get to talk to author of Hard Labor, The Jordan Rules, Second Coming, of course. I'm talking about none other than Bulls.com writer Sam Smith. Sam, how's it going this evening? Going good. Not as good as you guys are having, I guess, but uh, okay at home, I guess. We can get you a bucket, Sam. We can put one off the side for you. Uber Eats. Send it out. Uh, Send a delivery. Have it delivered over there. (laughs) They do that kind of stuff now. Get other buckets. Yeah. Thank you. Sam, um, this Bulls game yesterday, it was almost frustrating. Frustrating because, you know, the Bulls just shot lights out, right? I mean, 50% from the three-point line. You've seen DeMar going three for three. It's not something that you would typically expect. And, and, And so I guess it was frustrating because I want the Bulls to be this good. But... I also know that this is not sustainable. Well, <laughs> uh, if they play Boston a lot more, it probably is. Um, you know, I mean, it's, it's sort of interesting. And you always hear, uh, you know, talk in sports a lot, and certainly the NBA, that uh, a lot of it is defined by matchups. And, and the Celtics happen to be a really, you know, as good as they are coming into yesterday, the best record in the league. Um, a good matchup for the Bulls, who, you, you know, on talent level are not considered anywhere near as good. Uh, you know, but, a, you know, a, a smaller team, smallish team that is not tremendously athletic. Those things play well, you know, against some of the weaknesses the Bulls have, you know, which would be against really young, young size and athleticism. So, 
uh, you know, it's sort of a good. It, 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 it was a good situation after, you know, the events of the last couple of days after the Orlando uh, game, but um, sustainable. You know, now without Lonzo Ball, you know, they look like a 500-ish kind of team, um, but. Uh, on the positive side, so are a lot of other teams that were looking pretty good this season, you know, supposedly, you know, Miami, uh, Brooklyn. So, you know, kind of early in the season kind of thing, you fall back on and say, well, you know, let's see where it goes from here. Sam, you mentioned the the dreadful Orlando game from Friday where – Jalen Suggs ultimately with the the game-winning three where the Bulls were down 19, up four late. And then, you know, the big storyline to come out of that game was Zach Levine essentially, well, he was was benched in that game. And he was not allowed to be a factor. What did you make of both sides sort of digging in, Billy Donovan and Zach Levine, who obviously thought he should have had a chance to finish that game? What did you make of that whole thing? I know it's popular with fans. Um you know, about the benching, the notion as well, you know, if you're not producing, um, it, you know, take a seat. Yeah, I understand that, uh, you know, that thinking. And I, I have no problems with, you know, a coach doing what he thinks uh, is best to try to win the game. Uh, I wouldn't have done that uh, particularly. I would have uh, stayed with Levine, not, being worried that I would hurt his feelings by taking him out, but he was a better talent uh, than the guy they replaced him with. And, you know, not getting into second guessing, but it didn't work. You know, they lost. (laughs) So uh, I I don't, I don't have a big problem. You know, I'm sort of cutting it both ways. I don't have a big problem with Billy doing that. That's his job uh, to try to do and, 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 and make moves that he think, will be positive. If you want to go back strictly, you know, on a uh, second guess, you say, well, you know, he brought in Io DeSumo who blocked the shot that led to, uh, you know, a a Dronte Green run out dunk, which looked like it would be the game. On the other side of it, in the the three and a half minutes that he replaced Zach, uh, Jalen Suggs dominated him. (laughs) He scored on a driving layup as soon as he came in. He blew by Io and he got fouled, and, and then he bumped him off and got plenty of room to make a three. Now I'm not blaming DeSumo uh, particularly, but if you know you, that what my point is, you could cut it either way. Uh, Billy made the move. Uh, in the end, uh, they lost. So on that level, it didn't work. I, 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 I don't have a problem with him doing it because I think that's what a coach should do. If I were the coach, I wouldn't have done that. We're talking to Sam Smith here, Bulls.com writer on 670 The Score. It's Gabe Ramirez, Mark Grody for the Miller Lite Top Draft Show. You know, I actually didn't have a problem with it at all. Because, I mean, listen, I understand what Zach's saying. Like, hey, I'm talented. You should put me in. And I get it, right? You need a bucket late. You know, that might be the guy you want to get it from. But, you know, the Bulls were beneficiaries of of Mo Mo Wagner going, going to the bench early in the third quarter, middle of the third quarter because of foul trouble. And that's really where the Bulls started to make that big run. And then so I understand, like, once you put Zach back in in the fourth quarter, it wasn't – he it didn't look right. He wasn't necessarily operating in the flow of the offense. And then he was taking some some questionable shots. And so I could see where Billy was like, hey, man. And it had nothing to do with, like, you know, making Zach feel bad. It was just like, hey, 
Tonight's, tonight's not your night, Papa. Mm -hmm. It's okay. Go to the bench. These guys are going to take care of it, and they could have. You know, if you get one more free throw or two from, from Vooch in that situation. But right. I, do think, I do think, Stan, that, that, that Zach Levine is, has been playing better. You know, even the game yesterday, a lot of buckets above the rim, more than the last couple of games. You know, still attacking nonetheless. Um, but, but do you see a little bit um, more improvement from his athletic ability um, in these last couple of games? Yeah, he's coming along a little bit. You know, he's not clearly back. And I, and I think that's kind of concerning, actually, um, from where he was. You know, yeah, I mean, this is, this is uh, he's a guy who had ACL, who came back from an ACL better than anyone in the history of the NBA. I mean, really, he never got as much credit for it, but it's the most remarkable. And we saw, you know, how difficult it was with Derrick Rose and everybody else. Uh, you know, has come back from those injuries has, has not been uh, anywhere near explosive. And he came back dunking like he did in the dunk contest. And so it was really remarkable, you know, but then he has a second knee surgery. And so you don't know, and he clearly is not able to finish, you know, at the level he did, um, but still can average, not only average, you know, 20 points, but he's a great shooter. And, and that really saves him that, you know, that he shoots so well. I mean, he's the best three-point shooter on the team um, and makes some remarkable shots. So, you know, the question is for him is interesting to me is he, he can be a great player. You don't have to be a great athlete to be a great player. You know, Stephen, Stephen Curry is not a great athlete by any stretch, but you'd probably have, rather have him on the court playing as much as any player in the league, at least, you know, trying to get a basket. So I, I think, you know, I think Zach can evolve into that kind of thing. It's just I think he's relied on off, uh, athleticism so much and likes it, you know, you know, with the dunk contest previously. And he does like those showy dunks that, you know, can he can he accept being a player who doesn't do those kind of things? But I think he's talented enough to do that. So I think it's going to be an interesting development to see not only physically, but mentally how he deals with that. And, you know, just like I said, I, I don't, I, I wouldn't have done it. I don't like the idea of singling out a player. You know, DeMar's had some bad games. Uh, I don't like singling out one of your starters at the end and saying, you know, in effect, that's your fault. We're taking you out. Uh, Jim Boylan did that a couple of times with Zach, which I thought was really bad. Um, and in general, I just, you know, we always say this about shooters, and shooters say it too. You know, we missed 10 in a row. Michael used to say it all the time too. And he, he had bad games. You know, he would miss 10, 10, 12 shots in a row. But you weren't taking him out. Um, and I'm not saying Zach Levine is Michael Jordan. But uh, I want my best talents on the, on the floor at the end of the game. Yeah, and I will say this, last night there was a moment in the game for, for Zach Levine where he did have a, a nice, and I hadn't seen it this year, a one-hand jam on a, on a beautiful pass from I think right. Kobe White. I, I know exactly what player you're you talking, know what I'm talking about. about? Yeah. And, and I, I remember yeah. watching the replay and thinking to myself, he didn't jump as high oh. as I normally see Oh, see, him. I saw it as, oh, okay. Yeah. He's got the one-hand jam okay. going again. Okay, okay. But, but you're saying it was a tick off still, huh? I just, I'm used to seeing Zach's head like, Oh, totally above the rim. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. What about DeMar DeRozan? Well, the one thing I was thinking about, Sam, is that he had 28 points last night. 
it, it was such a revelation last season that that he be, he wasn't supposed to be the guy. That Zach Levine was supposed to be the guy, and that and maybe um, Demar Derozan was was one B out of those two guys. But is this clearly now? Is it Demar Derozan's team completely? Well, well, you have to say yes, and and just you know, just looking at the empirical evidence, you know, every late game you know, winning play at the end, Billy Donovan calls for DeMar DeRozan. So, you know, there's, there's, players don't like that, you know, kind of thing about, you know, our coaches or whoever, my team, you know, it's every, you know, what you'll hear is it's everybody's team and everybody plays a part. And, you know, especially Billy is going to always, you know, default to that. Um, but yeah, no question, you know, that he has been, uh, not only has been the most, you know, productive player at, at this probably had as good as six weeks of shooting that anybody's ever had a, a last season. It was just amazing to watch. Um, and so, you know, some of the, some of the, the speculation this summer was, well, he can't be that good again. Well, yeah. They, and he sort of, a, you know, pushed back on that, but he couldn't be. I mean, it, it was like historic. They we, we kept bringing up like, well, the last guy to do this was like Will Chamberlain or something. So, uh, yeah, the only thing about that is, you know, and no negative is he's 33 years old and he's going to be a free agent after next season. And I don't think that's a pathway to, you know, if you're not a championship team now, I don't think that's a pathway toward being one, you know, and putting all your chips on that, Uh, you know, not to, not to denigrate him, he's been great, and he's clearly, you know, the uh, the, the the a figure on the team now. Um, but you know, I think you'd have to ask if you're a Bulls fan, like, oh, where are we going with him? How, how far you can you go? And I think that's probably the question management is dealing with. Not to say you don't want Demar, but you know, how, how far can you get if he is like you say? the face of the team. We're talking to Sam Smith right here on 670 The Score. We are broadcasting live from Tavern on the Point for the Miller Lite Top Draft Show. It's Gabe and Grody. You know, you, you bring up DeMar DeRozan. I mean, Jesus, you're right, Sam. I mean, when you watch what he does, you know, he does shoot at such a high percentage. When, when he makes some of those shots, it is, it is reminiscent of Jordan where he just assumed every shot from that range is just kind of going in regardless of the level of defense that's played against them. But there has to be other components to help out the Bulls. And, and one player that I, that I really like, and I wish the, he could just perform at a higher level, is a guy that's coming off the bench in Kobe White. You know, the last two games since he's been back, one for seven from the three-point line. And my question to you, Sam, is like, do you have faith in Kobe White to become or be an elite three-point shooter in this league? Um, like you, I'd like to, uh, I haven't seen enough of it. You, you know, he's been injured a lot. Um, you know, some, you know, freak injuries. And again, you know, we, I, we didn't even see it. Like the last, he missed eight games. He just came back from missing eight games. And like we were, everyone was there. Nobody saw it. And all of a sudden he's out for like a couple of weeks. So, uh, and then last season coming off major shoulder surgery and, uh, all those things. It, it, it's it's not so much that he can or can't become. I, I think what the Bulls are missing is is that classic sort of sp- 
spot-up catch-and-shoot guy, which which he's, you know, he's not always because they play him in different roles, you know. And Billy has acknowledged that and, and sort of apologized in a sense, you know, for not giving him a chance to be like the one thing, like, you know, okay, maybe you're the catch-and-shoot guy. Uh, and just do that. We're going we're gonna to drive and kick and get you the ball. And, and he, he is a good enough shooter to do that. I mean, he shot close, I think, around 40% on threes a lot, a lot of his career. And, frankly, I thought coming back last season he would be, you know, a, a, a great addition or weapon sort of in the playoffs by being able to do that because that's a vital role. But he really wasn't in, you know, wasn't in condition from off season you know, missing so much of the season and not having an off season. And, um, you know, and also because of need, they, they, they've made him play points some, and, and then they bring, they start him some and they bring him off the bench some and probably more than anybody, his role. And, 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 you know, and Billy acknowledged that has been the least defined. And so I think it, it, it has, you know, I don't blame him or the team, but, you know, sort of because of the circumstances with all the injuries last year, Ball goes out, and then you know Caruso goes out, and they you know are down so many guards that, he, that you know they kept sort of moving them around, and he's really never been able to settle into a you know a designed role. And I think you know I think now you know if you're looking to do things, you know I think that you know their hope, my guess is on some level, you know get him up to speed, and if he can't do that, you know he'll be a guy that you know. Can we do something, you know, because there are, you know, other needs on the team. But uh, like you say, and I agree with that, you know, if he could become that startup, that's that's to me probably to practically as big a need as any. You know, I was watching the Nets the other day and they got this kid from Georgetown, uh, Yuta Watanabe. And that's exactly what they need a player like that is just just stand in the corner in that short corner, catch and shoot threes and they really haven't had find a guy to regularly do that enough. Sam, I'm tired of watching other teams have these randos that are just smacking threes on the Bulls. I want us to have I want the Bulls to have somebody like that. That's why I want I know Max Struess. We should have kept Max Struess. <laughs> hey Sam, I, you know I always love talking to you. Thanks for hanging out with Grody and I uh, today on 670 to score. Yeah, enjoy the rest of the evening. Sounds like fun. Yeah, Thanks, yeah. We'll, we'll get that uh, Uber Eats another uh, light delivery to oh, you. Man. The Struess and the Flues. I mean, he's bringing up a great point. I mean, like when you when you play against the Miami Heat and Struess is smacking, you know, three or four threes on you, you're just like, geez, you know, when you think about, you know, like a Denny Avija that was in the same draft as like a Pat Will, it's like, is that what you would prefer? A Denny Avija smacking threes instead of a Pat Will? You know, and, I'm, and I'm, I'm looking at the, the Eastern Conference, too, and... I don't know, man. Like so, the, so the Bulls are 11th right now, and it's so early in the season. So early. But but the questions are like teams ahead of them. Are the Bulls better than Washington? Are they better than Atlanta? They, are they better than Indiana and Cleveland? Because I mean, these are all teams ahead of the Bulls yeah, right now. They're better, they, they're better than Indiana. They are if they play at their if they, even without Lonzo Ball and they play at a high level, they're better than the Washington Wizards. Because like Sam was saying, there's some there's they're a good matchup. Mm-hmm. Because of Kyle Kuzma and Bradley Beal, they got guys that can play those positions well. Okay, better than the Knicks. Are they know. better than the Knicks? Are oh, they better than oh, Philadelphia? Yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> not better than Philadelphia. Philly's eight and eight right now. I wouldn't even say they're better than Brooklyn with the, even the way that they're uh, playing. But they're, but again, you look at the Miami Heat; they're going to be playing better in a little bit. The Charlotte Hornets once exactly. they get Lonzo Ball. I mean, it's tough. It's a hodgepodge of teams. But you know, the, the, I think the most important part before we wrap up is that 
the Bulls do get into the playoffs because those guys need that experience. You need Pat Will to get a couple games. You need Zach to have a couple more, have a second playoff, you know, uh, exposure. So you want the Bulls to be playing well, and I, I'm holding out hope that they can, but Sam Smith said they're a 500 team without Lonzo Ball, so kind of broke my heart right there. All right, Gabe McGrody, on the other side, you have a very important question about the I NFL do. draft, right? Well, I'm going to Is it for it me? Oh, uh, no, for it's everybody. a question for you. It's All something right. that came up on a television appearance oh, I had earlier better. tonight. All right, so we'll discuss the Bears and what could be the uh, upcoming NFL draft prospect that they will take in that upcoming draft. We'll do that on the other side. It's Gabe and Grody here at the Miller Lite Top Draft Show at Tavern on the Point. This is Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. We're back with more of the Score's Miller Lite Top Draft Show with Gabe Ramirez and Mark Grody live at Tavern on the Point, 6724 North Northwest Highway in Chicago. Brought to you by Miller Lite. It's Miller time. Gabe and Grody. You know, we should have had our uh, Chuck Swirsky drop played yet. Yeah, I found that. We got to get organized, folks. I had somebody look up look up the drop the other day, and they couldn't find it. And I said, just put in Gabe and Grody. <laughs> they couldn't find it. So it's labeled under something. They put a secret label under there. Cesar Perez, our producer, that is your job right now for this next segment. Find the Chuck Swirsky, Gabe and Grody drop because it was so good yeah you have till 10 o'clock we got a lot of no show no no, no no you got till 40 until we get oh i like that pressure. oh yeah put the pressure on. pressure on you all right so you were talking grody about the upcoming draft the impending draft you said you had a a, a good question i think it's good oh i'm sure it is i can't wait to hear it because i've been all in on the draft i do this i do this college gambling show every saturday on the beck Network. i know you do so I'm, I'm all in on college now this is my first year ever like really paying attention to college football uh-huh. So I feel like I'm in a, oh, a better okay. place. So you might to be this able, question. yeah, you might be able to name names. Like, yeah. I'm not even going to try to yeah. impress you with names here. But so here's what went down earlier tonight. I taped a television segment over at NBC Sports Chicago on their unfiltered show, and uh, Catman, the Catman, the Catman was not there. The Catman is on vacation, and of course, he made the announcement that he is uh, that. stepping aside away from that show after the end of December, but. It was our good friend Chuck Garfine. Love Chuck Garfine. Was out there tonight. Chuck is great. And you also had Josh Schrock. One of my favorites that covers the Bears. Outside of you, of course. Schrock and Roll. Okay, I didn't know. He I'm spoke very fondly of, of you, too. I'm I didn't a realize. Huge fan of t- he writes oh. some great articles. No, he does, man. I actually said, I said, you know what? I think we're all set tonight, but we got to get you on. We can actually get the Schrock around tonight if we want to. I, I, listen, Maybe we get the Schrock around. Zero problem talking to Schrock. Let's talk to Josh Schrock a little bit later on. We'll text him and we'll get him on because he is great. So, so the three of us did the show together. And at the end, I think it was Chuck's question. And it was, in, of course, we're, we're advancing to the draft and where you think the Bears would pick and all of that kind of stuff. And I think I landed somewhere between five and seven. Right. The Schrockster, by the way, was more of a one through three. So, no, he would... I don't think he said one. He was more like top three. I hope so, it's not one. Gee. Yeah, I, know. <laughs> I don't know if my heart could take no, that. No, 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 I don't okay. think so. But, but the obvious question then, who or what position would you draft? And the logical, to me anyway, is, and I guess you can go in a ton of directions. There's no logical answer to it. But I think it's offensive line. But, and here, and here we go. Yeah. I would not be upset. I would not start pounding the table negatively. If the Bears were to draft a quarterback in the first round of the draft, not because Justin Fields is bad, but in fact, in fact, I think Justin Fields is the future quarterback. Sure. 
of the Chicago Bears. But what the hell would be so wrong about having two good quarterbacks on your roster? At least in theory, you would have two good quarterbacks on your roster if you were to draft that highly. And obviously, you may not end up keeping both of those quarterbacks. You might even trade the guy that you draft, a la Kirk Cousins back in the day. Um, Who was the other quarterback then? Was it oh, it was RG3 and Kirk Cousins on the same roster, right? Oh, I do remember that. Remember yeah. they drafted uh, uh, RG, or, um, Kirk Cousins in the second round or something yeah. like that? So, which surprised a lot of people. And he was riding the bench for a second. What's that? He was riding the bench for a second. He was. He was, and then eventually gets traded to, to Washington and then lands with Minnesota. Yeah. Um, so, I, I just think there's a lot that you could do with that. And I know that that concept blows the minds of Bears fans to even think about that because of Justin Fields, but what would be so wrong about after all of these years, after a franchise worth of not having good quarterbacking (laughs) for the Bears, I wouldn't be upset if the Bears drafted a quarterback in the first round of the draft. All right, I'm going to use two of your your words slash arguments against you in this very moment because I actually listen. First thing you said was, you got us around Justin Fields with some talent, whether that be in the wide receiver room or the offensive line. Mm-hmm. Like, you have to do that. And sure, you could adjust it via free agency, but I think in this particular argument that we're talking about in the draft, that's something. And then a word that you used, which I was really impressed with, opportunity costs, right? You know I'm an econ. You know I have my degrees in economics. I oh, love yeah. opportunity. opportunity costs. I'm trying to keep up with you, man. And that's so all. when you're looking at, you know, it, by, by drafting a quarterback, the opportunity cost is just so high. Because when you're looking at Will Anderson, which some people feel like is the best athlete in the entire draft, even if he caught kind of like B. John Robinson, the running back from Texas. But if you get a guy like that to, 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 to have some, get some pressure on the quarterback, something that we've been dying for in the, in the Chicagoland area, and if, and if not him, if you get Jalen Carter, the three technique from Georgia, like you're talking about a way to just shore up defense in one draft pick. And then not only that, we all know, we've watched so many drafts where we've seen other teams trade down. We love that word. When the Bears do it in the second and third round, we think, oh, finally, you get to add some, some more depth to uh-huh, the team. Uh-huh. And to be able to do it with the third pick in the draft, I mean, I want the haul. I'm tired of giving it away. I want the two future first-round draft picks, the second, the seventh, the sixth, this year's third and fourth. Like, I want something crazy like that and their own present first-round pick, which is like, sitting at 16 and 17. Like, I want something like that for the team that craves a quarterback that could potentially be there. Because there are some big names, people that some teams feel like can change their entire franchise. Mm -hmm. And the Bears are one of those teams. Like, somebody's going to want to give up a lot of assets for that. So I think for me, it is securing a defensive defensive stud. I want a stud. I'm tired. I mean, a stud. What was the last defensive stud the Bears had that they drafted? A Roquan Smith? Mm, yeah, I guess it would have been Roquan. Okay, what about on the line? Though? You would know this better than I would. A, a, a guy that the Bears drafted on the line. Well, I mean, <laughs> you go back to the, the first part of, of Eddie Goldman's career. I want a guy better than Eddie Goldman. I know. You're, you're asking me about no, the no, defensive no, I'm saying, line, though. I mean, I'm trying, that's why I'm trying I, to I, think, I got like, how far do we got to go back? Oh, no, I, I totally understand. Like, oh, they, they – that's why I started the segment by saying there really is no spot that would be right. a stupid idea. Hell, no. yeah, man, a badass three technique, that, that is the, the base of – that's the engine – 
for that, for the 4-3 defense. So, no, that makes total and complete sense to me. It makes sense to go out and get a left or right tackle, quite frankly. I, I think more so than anything else, though, my heart breaks when I think about Justin Fields having competition in the quarterback oh, room. Oh, that's, no, but in, that, in that's... the form a, of a number three pick. And, like, Bryce Young your comes to the Bears. Wait, 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 hold on a second. Your heart breaks for yes. him? Yes. If, if he has... I don't even know if it would be competition. It would just be a, a really good quarterback behind him. You don't even uh, have to no. set it up like that. Bro, it's you and I would be doing a Miller Lite Top Draft show in 2024, and every segment would be about who should be starting Bryce Young <laughs> or Justin Fields, or how should, should Bryce Young uh, get some reps, uh, or why so, do we spend so, the number three pick on a guy that we're not playing? So you're anticipating that stress for Justin yeah, Fields. Yeah, for me. No, <laughs> for, me oh, for you. you. Yeah, but your feelings, you said you'd be hurt I, I, for I'll Justin Fields. I'll tell you, so I was talking to Corey Wooten, who's yeah. a good, good friend of mine, uh -huh, uh -huh. and I asked him about good friend, you know, he didn't want to come on tonight. players, <laughs> I know, because he's on another publication. Oh, right now. okay, gotcha. <laughs> so, so, we're Shrock. Yeah, How are we doing yeah, on Shrock? Yeah. So he, I asked him, I said, Corey, you know, what is it like? What are the players thinking, you know, when you're hearing all this tank talk, you know? Like, yeah. I, I know you guys want to win, but what are you guys really thinking? He's like, Gabe, he's like, I got to be honest with you. He goes, you want to win because you don't want them, the team to have a high draft pick because they might use it on somebody to replace you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And he said, I remember he said that his best year was the year after the Bears had drafted a DN really high. I can't remember the guy's name who the Bears drafted, but it was somebody right after Corey Wooden had got there, and he said that next year he played out of his mind because he wanted to prove that mm. he should have been there and he shouldn't, you know, you shouldn't have wasted a pick on that guy. So I think about you know, Justin Fields in that sense and, and looking over his shoulder. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, first of all, the concept of, of rebuild is useless to NFL players. they got to worry about themselves. Yeah, you know what I mean? Right. They, they're worried about the, the, whatever contract they're in or whatever contract. That, that those guys are trying to get. But no, I understand. I understand how it everything would explode in terms of there would be a group of people that would want to see the drafted quarterback no matter what. Yeah. But I mean, I think part of it is, well, tough. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I like that. That's the Billy Donovan effect, tough. And I'm, I'm talking as, as a person who has seen a lot of Bears. So have you. We've all seen a lot of Bears quarterbacks. So why not lock that thing down, you know, for good, yeah. for, for good for now. I, um, and Justin Fields would be your number one and your backup would be this, you know, hot shot draft pick. Yeah. So, I, I, you know, I, I understand that it probably makes more sense to go D-line or offensive line. All I'm saying is that it wouldn't throw me for a loop if they did yeah. that. In fact, it would probably be very exciting. Yeah, and I, you know, Looking at the quarterbacks that are coming out, I gotta be honest, like none of them really stand out to me like franchise altering quarterbacks. You know, the guy, like people are very really high on Bryce Young, CJ Stroud. I mean, even when I see those guys play every week, I'm just like. No slam dunks. No slam dunks. They're yeah. good, but they're no slam. My favorite, my favorite, my two favorite quarterbacks in college right now, one of them is Hendon Hooker from Tennessee, just tore his ACL in his last mm. game. It like totally crushed my soul because I thought. I was being a college analyst, and I was like, this guy's really good. You're making money and on him, like, weren't you? I was yeah. making yeah, some yes. money on Andrew Nooker. And yeah. then Drake May from North Carolina. Now, he's just a freshman. He has some years to go. But I'm learning that, it, you know, to be a successful quarterback, Anthony Heron told me this, in college, you have to do it consistently for those three years. It's one thing to have one good year mm -hmm. or one couple of games. Like, but the way to know that you're a surefire talent in the NFL is doing it consistently. Well, and we, we learned you know, lesson number one, the, the easiest example, Mitch Trubisky. Yeah. Started one yeah. year <laughs> yeah, right, in right, his right. college life at North Carolina, and then he comes to the Bears, and you know that was a 
as crazy as it is, they, every, everybody was taking flyers on him. Maybe the that's were, what it is, Groats. Huh? Maybe that's what it is. Like, the reason why I have such a negative effect to that statement is because uh, the thought of drafting another young quarterback and having yeah. to go through that again, I'm just well, like... No, but you don't have to go fire, through all fire. that again. That's the whole thing is. You think that I'm, like, demoting somehow or diminishing I Justin Fields. I, I am right. not. You're I know right. you're, ta- you're projecting on me, I man. Right. How dare you? What have I like, told you about no. that? Don't project on me and don't right, correct sorry, me on sorry. the air. Those are the two <laughs> things I tell you before every show right. that, that we do together. The latter's hard. The latter's hard. I, gotta I, be I know, but it's, it's Justin <laughs> Fields' team. It's his yeah. team, man. And and he's really... He's showing signs of greatness, and I think he could actually get there, too. But why not have a real backup or just consider it an asset if you yeah. want? If you don't even, maybe he never steps on, on the field. You're you right. know? That's a, that's a good it's an thought. Asset. It's a good so, thought. Well, I'll work with you on this one, man. It, it's Gabe and Grody yeah. on 670 The Score. We are at Tavern on the Point, man, on the northwest side of the city, broadcasting live for the Miller Light Top Draft Show. We're going to be here until 10 o'clock. We still got Mark Potash coming up at the top of the hour. But I want to continue the conversation about the current Chicago Bears quarterback, Justin Fields, because he apologized to the team on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And I want to ask your thoughts as to whether it was warranted. Should he have even apologized? So we get to hear from Mark Grody and his thoughts on that. We'll do that on the other side. It's Gabe and Grody here on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. We're back with more of the Scores Miller Lite Top Draft Show with Gabe Ramirez and Mark Grody live at Tavern on the Point, 6724 North Northwest Highway in Chicago. Brought to you by Miller Lite. It's Miller time. They got like 800 TV screens here for every single game that's on. So if you're looking for a place to watch some sports and have a Miller Lite, come hang out with us, man. Tavern on the Point. Got to say what's up to the crew, Cindy, MP, that's my girl, Mary Pat, John, Jose, Raul, Nicole, Mia, Beverly. Everybody's just taking care of us, man. Some real good hospitality here. Uh, it's Gabe and Grody. So before the break, I mentioned Justin Field and his apology. Caesar, can you pull up that clip for us real quick? Real quick? Um, or are you talking about that right there? And then they said that the, def- the defense stopped him. Told him, hey, man, you're our guy. Don't mm-hmm. worry about it. Did you feel like he was apologizing because he's, he hasn't performed in the last couple of minutes the way that people have been giving him crap for? Or do you feel like it was just a leader in a moment after a tough loss, after another game that probably everyone felt like you know, they should have won or could have won? And do you, do you feel like it was one of those things? Like just yeah. lead, leader speak, or do you think it really was him thinking about specifically those two-minute drives? Oh, I think that, that he, he was genuine in what he – like when I, when I hear like leader – Ship speak, and I, and I think right. like disingenuous. I, I think that's the way he really felt. I mean, I think he has felt for the first time in his career over these, over the, the revelations since the mini Vi that this tr- truly is his team and that the, the Bears are having success finally because of him, because of Justin Fields. So I think that he has accepted that and put that on his back. And when he feels, when he perceives that he has failed, then I think he genuinely takes it hard. So I think this is like a, a good moment for the Bears. That, that, that is symbolic of a guy, not just talking the talk in terms of, because we've heard that day one, Justin, good yeah. leader, everybody likes yeah, him. Yeah. First guy in, last Works guy hard, out, makes people work harder. Oh, yeah, he's got a way about him, all of that stuff. Now we're seeing it. Now, now you're seeing it. You're actually seeing the Bears have success 
not necessarily win, but have success yeah. because of Justin Fields. And he knows that this whole thing is on him. And now he realizes it more than ever since the ball has come his way over the last five games. So I think it was, I think it came from a genuine place. I was, I was glad to hear it from a fan's perspective. You're like, oh, okay. That's, some, that's, some, that's something a leader would do, right? And then the fact that the defense stepped in and was like, hey, man, don't worry about it, bro. It's all good. We got your back. Oh, yeah. Then that, that takes it to a whole nother level. Oh. Like, you know, you got the guys playing together, you know? Well, the defense had to be like, no, 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 dude, dude, dude. It's our fault. <laughs> no, we're Yo, sorry. Have you seen the numbers? <laughs> Yo, well, because, we're giving up like 40 well, because, points a well, game. Then, <laughs> Shut up, man. <laughs> but that's what Justin's like. He's sitting there and he's like, yeah, they did their job. They held him to a field goal at the end of the game. Yeah. And you're like, well, what about the other 24 <laughs> points, Justin? You all right? Because Alex Brown, I mean, Alex Brown did some really good commentary on the Bears. But he brought up the fact, he's like, you know, the Bears really, the Bears defense really only gave up 20 points because of the special teams uh, play, yeah, right? Yeah. So it's was like, was that game that bad right, from the defense? Right, I mean, if you weren't exactly going up against the powerhouse, but no, that that's a <laughs> right. good game for the defense, and that's a good way to put it by Alex Brown. This is a little bit, little bit better. Not not necessarily not a get well game because yeah. they they lost the game. But yeah, I mean, if I was a defensive player in that locker room and I hear Justin Fields giving this this heartfelt "It's my fault" speech, somebody on the defense better be stopping better him. Stop yo yo. Hey hey, I'm gonna let you finish. <laughs> But the defense had the worst it's game over the whole uh, three phases. This is not on you. Let me show you some film. <laughs> it's Gabe and Grody uh, at the Middle Light Top Draft Show here at Tavern of the Points uh, in Edison Park. A couple, I wanted, I'm going to go here. Fine. Justin Fields, 13 fumbles. 13 fumbles. When you look at, like, who's in that space um, with protecting the ball, there's no one close to him right now. Like, what, what do you... What, don't you feel like something's going on there when you're looking at the fumbles, like protecting the ball? Oh, yeah. I, I don't want to come down. I'm trying to find small things. Right? Well, that just goes along with the, the awareness. And like you were ta- asking me, what will Trevor Simeon do better than Justin Fields? And not to take the easy bait and say, well, he'll hold on to the football. He just has, at this point in his career, Trevor Simeon probably is just better overall awareness and presence. And I know pocket is the, the easy word to put before that as well. But I'm talking about in every single facet yeah. of the game at this point. But is that so all of a sudden, what, are like the Bears running slant, a ton of slant routes now to give them, you know, like, I guess because I'm looking at his stats for the year. One for one, a five-yard pass. That's what we're going to be seeing a lot of on Sunday of Trevor Simeon in the game. Dallas, was it? Was it Dallas? I, was it Dallas? I was at that game. Maybe I was uh, too yeah, wasted. Yeah, I don't yeah, remember. No, that was your big party weekend. <laughs> but, yeah, but, uh, but, I'm, but I'm looking at that, and yeah. I'm thinking, I've seen this. I've seen Bears quarterbacks come in where it's third and seven, and they throw a five-yard pass. Every time down the field on third down, on third and eight, it's a five-yard pass. On third and oh, four, it's a five-yard pass, though, too, though. It's yeah. like, I, you know, so that's, that, that's what we're going to see, right? Well... Yeah, we, I mean, we all survived. Uh, do you remember John Shoup and in, in that yeah. offense? Like, oh, my like God. A second or third and eight. Yes. Just throw, throw it two yards and pray. <laughs> I don't have a play for it. You do it. Uh, that was the John Shoup way. Like, <laughs> yeah. You do it. Make a play happen, yeah, I don't want, young man. I don't, want, I don't want anything to do with that. Yeah, what was your question right before I, no. I went Shoup on you? I just threw myself off No, it was, it was just more about, you know, the play calling with Trevor Simeon where – I, people, you know, people are going to see him get, getting rid of the ball quickly, right? He's going to take a sack instead of maybe trying to scramble on the outside, which then ultimately leads to these, a lot of these fumbles that Justin's having. So I guess it's more like, I guess what I'm really asking is, because I, I really want, 
I'm, proje- I'm not projecting, but I'm thinking. Okay. And uh, I'm you saying, made that mistake earlier. So I want my three-step drops and, 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 and getting rid of the ball quickly. And you're going to see Trevor Simeon do that. Okay. So then I'm asking the question. I'm, I'm fast-forwarding to Monday. And I'm saying, why can't Justin Fields do that? He doesn't have that yet. I mean, first of all, let's wait and see, first of all, with Trevor Simeon. I think you're probably right. I am right. I know, I mean, I've seen this movie before. Okay. He's going to be 11 for 19 for 87 yards, but he's going to be bang, 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 bang. Ding, ding, ding. Okay. Well, I, why? Because for whatever reason, Justin Fields is not there yet. I mean, I think that's, that's what I'm trying to figure out what percentage it is. Justin Fields, and it is, again, back to the offensive line. Does he have the time to do what a developing quarterback needs to be able to do and to process? And it's possible that Justin Fields has not been able to master the processing yet, whereas Trevor Simeon has had time in his career to master the processing. Well, what looks – Trevor Simeon's wide open is different than Justin Fields' wide open. That's true, too. And that, and that just goes along with what we're saying. Like, Trevor Simeon, in every facet of the game except for running, is, is probably more advanced in terms That's of crazy to hear. what he's seeing right now. But no, but not ultimately. Like, you're not going to – the Bears would not have been putting up 30 points a game with Trevor Simeon. <laughs> of course not. That would not be no, happening. Of course not. No like, the, what, the powers that Justin Fields has right now are already better than what Trevor Simeon has, yeah. who is more advanced than Justin Fields in a lot of categories, which sounds really ridiculous. But I think you know, and hopefully the listeners understand what I'm saying than when I say that Trevor Simeon is more advanced in a lot of areas than Justin Fields right now. Yeah, you know, I'm looking at his... I mean, that's not crazy to say, no, right? I mean, absolutely. That's... No, not, I, think you're, I think you're right in certain situations, right? I mean, obviously... Like I said, I mean, you know, you look back to, let's say, Trevor Simeon's first year in the league. 14 games for the Denver Broncos. 60% completion percentage. That's right where Justin Fields has been his whole career. So it's not, but he threw for 3,400 yards. That's a lot of yards. Mm -hmm. 3,400 yards. Touchdown interceptions, kind of similar to Justin Fields. 18 tutties, 10 interceptions. Like I said, like, Trevor Simeon is not a bad quarterback. Like, he's not somebody you look at and say, oh, it's not like dreadful. Right, but it to, sucks your starting quarterback right. is hurt. But Trevor Simeon is not dreadful. But to your but to your point earlier, that you know he'd have a little bit more composure in the pocket. Ten fumbles in his whole career. See, that's what's your point. Yeah, that that he is. Yeah. That he has that. That he has that presence and that awareness that wherever he is on the field. So, and that's what Justin Fields can, has to continue to build. And that's also why I am, when we played the, the game earlier, one game. Yeah. One, one game. game. That's it. Don't, don't hold them up longer no, than that, please. I do, I do enjoy watching Justin Fields where you get to say to yourself, like, I want to watch him again. Um, another staff for Trevor Simeon, total yards rushing in his career. Oh, you want me to guess? 203. I was going to say 200 and something. <laughs> 203 yeah. in his whole career. Yeah. So, yep, yep. obviously, each quarterback has womp, their strengths. Womp. I know. Um, well, check it out, man. Uh, we are here at the Miller Lite Top Draft Show, Gabe and Grody at Tavern on the Point. And Wait, we do get an opportunity. Chuck, by the way? Where's, our, where's the Gabe and Grody thing? I've been getting text messages that he's finding, he's finding okay. a different clip. Okay. That's all right. I'm going to go in there one day and just put it. I have like a little tab. I'm going to put it right there. Right, and we'll right. do that. Right. Uh, but on the other side, we get a chance to talk to Mark Potash and see what he thinks about. I'm going to ask him that very same question. How many weeks does he think Justin should be sitting out? Zero, one, 
or three. We'll talk to him on the other side. It's Gabe and Grody at the Miller Lite Top Draft Show at Tavern on the Point in Edison Park. We'll be back after this. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 